right. Welcome back to another episode of Revin the Revenue Engine. Uh, I am your co-host Justin Fordham. With me uh, at all uh, at all times, Dustin Abney. Um, we got a very fun special episode for you guys. It's our first yeah. one with a guest on the podcast. Um, very excited to have this person on. The, he is somebody I've been following for quite some time in his approach to ABM and marketing. Um, it's just one of those that's, that's really unique to uh, the environment that we're in. It's not a lot of vanity metrics. It's about getting in there with sales and making things work and, and really driving revenue. So today we've got Tyler Pleiss, uh, Senior ABM Manager over at Clary. Um, Tyler, give us a little, uh, little welcome. Hi guys, uh, thank you so much, uh, Justin and Dustin, to uh, have me on the show. Uh, super excited to be here, and um, I know you guys have such a great marketing and sales relationship, and that's something uh, that I've always prided myself on, even to this day. So, um, of course, it's exciting to be here and, and talk a little bit more about that, and uh, hear more about your guys' relationship and how you guys have done things, and, and speak to my own. Awesome. Cool. Dustin, want to give the crowd a little shout out real quick before we get started? A little shout out from me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How's life been, man? Life, life is good. I can't complain. You know, (laughs) just finished it. I was like, for me, I'm like, what am I shouting out? Uh, (laughs) No, man, (laughs) life is good. I just hit two months with the new gig at Starburst. Uh, It's been, been a really great first two months getting into these accounts and building these you know, internal relationships and getting going. So no, I can't complain, man. It's been, it's been head down, head down and having fun. Cool. Nice. Well, um, Tyler, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. So you yeah. are, you've been pretty primarily focused on ABM for, I'd say probably majority of your marketing career. Is that correct? Uh, got started off, um, honestly, in like franchise marketing. So for about two, three years, I was actually leading the marketing efforts for a big franchise corporation here in Omaha. Um, And then it wasn't until about four or five years ago, I actually transitioned into B2B SaaS marketing, marketing, excuse me. And uh, it probably wasn't even until maybe like a year into that, I came across account-based marketing for the first time. And once I got into it, I understand the concept and, and why it's so popular. I was like, I'm not turning back now. And uh, yeah, I've been, you know, an advocate ever since, been running programs, building programs, uh, like I said, for the last probably four or so years now. So, um, yeah, that's just been a kind of a fun transition over time, really. That's awesome, man. Um, you put out some really good content on, on LinkedIn. If if you guys haven't followed Tyler, look him up on LinkedIn. He's He's got some really good perspective on how marketing and sales and, and, and RevOps need to work together. Um, Kind of talking about RevOps, uh, you know, Dustin, you've worked with a little bit of RevOps here and there. Tyler, you've mentioned RevOps and, and, you know, our passing and stuff. Um, You know, the real topic of this episode is about named accounts, selecting Mm -hmm. target accounts, named accounts, whatever you want to call it. Um, And where does sales, marketing and RevOps all fit in there? So um, one thing that you've mentioned to me is that... uh, the assignment side of it all or kind of the, the digging underneath is, is RevOps. Can you tell me a little bit more about like what should RevOps be doing there and how can marketing play a factor and, and how can sales play a factor in the like beginning stages, very early stages of selecting target accounts? Yeah, it's a great question. I think 
really at the end of the day, you have to trust your RevOps team more than anything that they are going to choose the right accounts because that's really what their goal is, right? Like they are there to support the revenue operations, select the accounts, everything that's going to basically line back to the overall go-to-market strategy at the end of the day, right? So they need to be very strategic, data-driven to be able to help select the right accounts for the right business segments that are going to help drive us to revenue, right? So you have to trust with that relationship, they're going to be already focused on the right thing. Where I think marketing, sales, uh, product marketing, even like customer success can come into play is once those target accounts are signed out, then how do you go in and actually prioritize those? How do you tier those out um, to ensure that you are targeting the best of the best to hit to revenue? Because more times than not, RevOps uh, or sales ops team, they're going to give you kind of the whole uh, total addressable market. If you want to say they're going to give you the whole, all of the accounts that you could go after, maybe not all the ones you should go after. And so in my mind, and I see this is where I think account-based marketing is kind of transitioning into more of a go-to-market function is, okay, great. We have all these named accounts. This is our total addressable market, but who's truly kind of our, and I think Sangram mentions this in his uh, most recent book is like, who is your total relevant market? Like who are the accounts we need to be going after right now? Who are the accounts that match our best customers? And let's figure out who they are and let's prioritize them together. And so that's really where I see kind of that go-to-market function of marketing sales and customer success starting to lean in more is uh, really once those named accounts are signed out, how do we then work together to ensure that we're tiering the accounts the same way, we have alignment on who are the best of the best, and that we are prioritizing and targeting and creating these robust campaigns around them, right? So at the end of the day, we are driving efficient you know, pipeline and revenue and hitting all of our KPIs. Yeah. That's, that's so you awesome. said a, a you said a term there that I think it's the first time I've heard it. So everybody's heard of total addressable market, um, which you know that's like RevOps. Hey, this is your town. This is things that are our ICP based off of this segmentation scorecard exercise. However, yeah. they did it. But then you said total relevant market. Was yeah. that the other term that yep. you used? Yeah. Okay. It's, see it. Yeah. So that one is a. Uh, I mean, some people I've heard it like deemed other things. So Lotney, who's the CMO at Six Sense, she's deemed it like the IICP, like your in-market ICP. Sangram has kind of deemed it as like your TRM, your total relevant market. But long story short, like that's basically like the best of the best accounts. Like these are, your, you know, the way I kind of view TAM is like that is basically all the accounts you could go after, right? Anybody that could potentially be a customer. But when you start diving in a little bit more, and understanding the data, there are accounts that are the ones that you should be going after, the ones that you should be prioritizing, right? And these are essentially your tier one, your tier two accounts. And so these are the ones showing the highest intent. These are the ones that have the attributes very similar to your best customers in terms of um, average contract size, contract length, product usage, all these things. And so that's really where you kind of start kind of drilling down a little bit further into Here's total, you know, total adjustable market. And then, you know, total relevant market. It's kind of like you're just kind of honing in a little bit more and more and more to, until you get to those best fit accounts. Right. So you rattled off a couple of things there, which I think is probably worth unpacking a little bit more, <laughs> which is specifically what are some of the key characteristics from, from an ABM standpoint that you look like? What are the data points you look at to try to help a sales team? really identify that that IICP, that TRM? Yeah, it's a great call. Um, and this is something we're actively working on at Clary, right? Like I'm by no means saying like we're perfect at this yet. We're actively right. trying to refine our process, but we've started bringing on additional data that's going to help us. But really what we're trying to look at is first and foremost, like 
do they match our current customers? They have those same qualities in terms of number of salespeople, tech stack. Um, you know, then we look at, we start pulling in stuff like six sense data, right? So, um, in addition to all like the normal ICP things you would think of, we also pull in external third party data, like six sensors tells us, okay, historically accounts that are, you know, strong profile fits, right. That, you know, are in the decision purchase stage. Like these are the accounts really that you should be kind of focused and prioritized on. So for us, it's really kind of starting there and saying, okay, we have our ICP, but then let's drill down and really look at intent based off of, are they stronger profile fits? Are they showing high intent either based off of those six cent stages or additional intent out of things like webinar, you know, attendees, event attendees, et cetera, and helping them prioritize based off of those signals. Another piece that we are trying to roll into now is more, you know, G2 data. So we're pulling in more, you know, intent signals based off of those accounts, you know, researching on G2. Um, and then the third piece is partner data. So I don't know if you guys have dove into this yet. Like, so there's platforms like Reveal, like Crossbeam, right? And mm -hmm. for my part, being kind of the marketing leader of strategic industries, meaning we are basically bringing our product to new industries that maybe don't quite know us as well as the SaaS market. Like for me, that's where I have to kind of keep looking for low hanging fruit. Where are those relationships already at? Where is those pre-existing relationships already at? And so that's what, to me, that data helps as well as like, okay, if we know some of these accounts are showing high intent, they're good product fits, right? And then all of a sudden we know that they use a similar customer to ours, right? You know, there's already a pre-existing relationship. That also can help us better prioritize these accounts and lead them to the best direction possible where we're more efficient with our time. So there's a couple of different data points, right? We're trying to enroll more into that, but then also make sure it's not noisy or overwhelming to our sales team where they just turn it off. So um, we're continuing to like build it out and refine our process, but those are some of the signals that we try to look at and help coach on. What are, um, Tyler, what are some of the early mistakes go to market teams make when select, like trying to select target accounts? <laughs> Uh, it's funny. I had that conversation, I think this week with, um, the folks I'm working with on kind of our account selection process. But, um, I think one of the early mistakes and I've actually been a part of it is kind of just automatically going right after the big fish, like the whales, right? Like, I think sometimes when we start doing this, it's like, well, I want to go after Nike. I want to go after Adidas and Under Armour, right? Like I want them to be our customers. Well, yeah, everybody does. It doesn't mean they're yeah. a good fit, right? It doesn't even mean it makes sense. Yeah. So, I think that's one of the mistakes people tend to make is like, they just look at it and go, okay, let's go after the fortune 500 companies, the top ones. Right. And then you waste all your time, effort, energy, money, and it doesn't go anywhere. Right. So that's one of the mistakes I typically see. And I think that's where, you know, go to market teams got to be better aligned in terms of you no, know, who are the right accounts for us. Right. Like who are by looking at, you know, like I said, accounts that are already our current customers driving recurring revenue, you know, new expansion revenue, right? Like those are your best customers, not Nike and Adidas and Under Armour because Jesus, everybody wants them to be customers, but it's few and far in between when that actually happens. So, yeah, I, I can, I think Dustin and I both have experienced that on, on the sales and marketing side, uh, having reps that are like selecting name, named accounts and are, or more so tiering the named accounts and be like, mm -hmm. this is a tier one account. And we look at the his historical data on like our outreach to them and they, they've all kind of told us to lack of better terms, uh, F off. Basically we're like, why is this, a, why is this a tier one account? They never want to talk to us. Yeah. Like, why are we? And it's because it was like the big golden, <laughs> like there was, 
the intent behind it was was fair. I gave them the credit there, but I was like, they are never going to like talk to us. So this we shouldn't waste our time <laughs> yeah. here at all. Yeah, you you almost want to anonymize the logo and the account name with running this exercise because I think it's 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 super distracting mm-hmm. when you see that that name. It's like that big shiny logo, mm-hmm. and it's just natural for you, at least for me as a seller, to be like, ooh. Yeah, we could land that. <laughs> like, it's just it's got that oh to it, you know. It's like anonymize the logos. Don't even think about the account name. Look at the raw data behind everything else that Tyler just talked about, and then run your exercise. And then, yeah, you know, you may look at some logos and be like, huh, yeah, one would not have guessed that one. One thing we're trying to work on internally is, you know, we we do a good job, I would say, at Clary of having an account based approach, and then. Um, helping AEs basically tier their accounts by, I'll just keep it simple, but like tier one, two, and three. And unfortunately, like that's a great structure, but if the way we've kind of done it is like left it up to the AEs to decide, okay, who are those tier one accounts? And that's great because you already get their buy-in, but sometimes it's not great because that's also super subjective and it's not totally aligned across all go-to-market teams because what they think is a tier one account maybe even isn't a tier one account to you, to customer success, to et cetera, right? So there's a lot of noise in in that process. And so we're trying to develop a newer way of kind of going about this where maybe it's not automatically assigning these accounts for them because again, that can create friction as you probably know, Dustin. Like, I don't want to just like throw you a thousand accounts and be like, no, you work on these, but more or less like provide them guidance and a structure and an outline of like, here are the filters you need to use. Here are the data points you need to look at. And these are the structures of a tier one account, a tier two account to basically kind of guide them into the right basic path to get to the right accounts for their tier one, tier two. Um, you know, so it's a little bit of a process nonetheless of like kind of pushing them in the right direction, but not <laughs> necessarily like yeah. giving them the named accounts. Cause you know, you can, can cause some internal friction, like I said, between the two teams, if you do it that way, I think. Yeah, I think that's really important is, I mean, one, I, I don't think, you know, anybody, whether you're on the sales or marketing side, is going to want to be specifically told, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is you, go do it. Um, I think by the time you get into enterprise sales, you've made it there for a reason. And I think, one, you've probably earned the right to have a say in what accounts yep. you want to work. Um, and, and it should be that joint exercise and it should be a mutually kind of respectful uh, exercise. But we, we talked about, you know, RevOps taking kind of that big first phase approach to doing the TAM type thing. And then, you know, sales marketing come into alignment. Are there any other functions around the business that you have to lean into a little more heavily when when you're working these exercises with your teams? Yeah, I would say one of the newer ones that I'm working with now is our, we call it a revenue excellence team. So in some other places you might hear it be like a sales excellence team or go to market operations team. Um, so it's a newer kind of department here at Clary, but it is a department that I'm starting to lean on a little bit more because they do help a little bit more hand in hand with our account executives in terms of prioritizing accounts, building programs. And so for my part, it's a very seamless transition to start working with them and then also pulling in our RDR managers, right? And other functions to say, okay, we're all trying to basically do the same thing here. One, prioritize accounts to build programs around these accounts. And then three, obviously generate pipeline and revenue. And so it's really continuing to make sure you have all the right key stakeholders in. And it might not happen right away, but as you continue to work these things out, you're going to find, oh, I should probably bring them in or I should probably bring them in. And I think as long as you're 
making progress in that in that light in terms of continuing to bring in the right key stakeholders, you're going to help continue to build like the right alignment. And then with the right alignment comes better programs and then more efficient pipeline mm-hmm. and revenue, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I would say for right now, like that's probably the newest department that we've started leaning in on a little bit more and, and pulling into some of these discussions. I like that. Like the, I don't think it hurts. The more teams, the better. Like as long as it makes sense for that team to come in, like partnership, PMM, the Mm -hmm. revenue excellence team, stuff like that. Like more brains in there, really the better. As long as you have some direction um, is is the best thing. Because when you have too many voices trying (laughs) to all direct each other, that's when it gets noisy. But as long as you as the ABM or, or you as the sales leader say like, this is, this is what we're trying to accomplish this is what we need to do. And you kind of project manage it and have the other teams t- uh, takes on it. Like to your point, like you get a much better alignment. The programs become mm-hmm. better. Revenue becomes better. Goals are getting hit. Sales and marketing are not at each other's throats anymore. It's like, everybody's really yeah. happy. Um, what, you know, what is a best practice for other marketing teams and sales teams to, to really work together on selecting and tiering these accounts. Like, are there, there are things that you've tried in the past that, that just really worked to help you mesh with the sales team a little bit better? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is just communication, right? Like just having a, just a relationship, mm-hmm. right? If you have never had a good sales and marketing alignment or relationship before this, and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, by the way, I want to, you know, do this program with you. Like it's, it's really hard to kind of buy in and and get people Mm -hmm. to work with you. Like I remember at a former company, like we didn't do ABM right away, but I knew I had a great relationship with them before that. So that way, when I did try to pitch this pilot and get things started, like I had sales reps that I could pull in that were going to buy in and help be participants within this program. So really, I think, I mean, you've got to start by just building a relationship and making sure that's in place. Otherwise it's, it's not even, there's no point in trying this. Um, so I think that's where you got to start. And then once you've built that rapport and you've built, you know, basically you've, you know, kind of built that trust that you know what you're doing. They trust that, you know, you're going to have the right, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but um, you're going to provide the right suggestions to help them hit their goals. Like it's going to be a little bit easier to have those discussions around like, Hey, you know, we're working on, you know, this program that I think is going to help you guys hit your quota this quarter here's why we're doing it because it's X, Y, Z, right? Like these are the counts. This is why we're doing this. This is the program to help you do that. Right. And if you can do it that way, it's going to be a lot easier to build those programs, build alignment, right. And then hit your goals. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not talking to sales, you're not having regular meetings with them. It's, I mean, it's really hard, almost impossible to do in my mind, but Dustin, I'd be curious from yeah. obviously a seller's point of view, like what are your thoughts on that? And, and, you know, what, maybe you have advice, I guess, for us marketers, like, you know, I feel like it's marketers job to do it, but like, I, I'm curious to hear your kind of perspective on, on the seller's point of view. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing is exactly what you said with the the communication aspect of it. Like that's, I mean, that's just business in -hmm. general, right? You're not going to have any good section of your business operating well if you're not having good communication and it's even more important when it's cross function. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about sales and marketing, you know, from, from a, G- a GTM standpoint, like that's your left hand and your right hand. Yeah. Right. And if your left hand and your right hand aren't aligned, you're, 
you're screwed. Like, let's, <laughs> let's be real, right? Like, it's not, it's like you said, it's just not going to work. Um, you have all the good ideas in the world, but if you're not rowing in the same direction as a true accounts-based selling team, then you're not going to make the progress that you want. You're going to miss your targets. You're going to miss your deliverables. You're going to miss forecasts. Like the, the implications back to the business, it's, it's a cascading effect. You know, everybody's going to feel it. So <sighs> I think, I think you nailed it with the communication. That's, it's so important. And I think the, the main thing is, you know, around these topics, I think, you know, both sides of the fence have to understand that there's going to be points of education mm-hmm. to be made, right? Not every seller and selling team is really going to understand what you're trying to accomplish with an ABM program, right? right? And there may be some marketers who are newer to ABM or newer to enterprise sales who may not understand, you know, the long game of enterprise sales, the way that mm-hmm. some enterprise sellers try to take it. So I think the communication is key. and the other key thing is the expectations about what each, what's the expectation of the results you are aiming for? What are the expectations of timelines? Like, and again, all that's going to be done through, through good communication. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot that that can be done on both sides. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a constant process. Like it's never perfect, right? Like it's, it's like any other relationship you're going to have ups and downs and fights, but I think at the end of the day, as long as it's healthy and you're like you said, you're wrong in the right direction. That's all that matters. Yeah. As long as we're not arguing about what, what shade of color my PowerPoint should be, we'll be okay, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Last, last question for me. Um, We've gone on this back and forth of like the, the relationship of it all to marketers who are trying to start ABM or start sales and marketing alignment to, you know, go after target accounts, named accounts, stuff like that. What could they be doing? You know, say they started it, it's, it's going now it's the constant communication. Like you said, what could, what do they need to be talking about to sales or with sales? Not, we don't want to talk to sales. We want to talk with them. What kind of topic should they be covering that will mm-hmm. actually matter to sales from your perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's just ensuring that you have a regular recurring cadence set with your with the right sales team, right? Like mm-hmm. we do this internally at Clary, like we have bi-weeklies, we have monthlies, we have quarterlies, like we have a very robust operating cadence and each meeting has a purpose behind it. So I would say first and foremost, like make sure you have a recurring cadence on the books and that there are specific agenda items and goals behind those meetings so that your sellers know what to expect leading into that. As far as what you talk about, especially with an EBM program, I think if you're starting out, I think it's always important that you tie it back to the business objectives, that you tie it back to mm-hmm. your VP or leader of sales' objectives, right? Because that's starting out, like that's going to be always the most important thing to getting buy-in is like, this isn't a marketing thing. This isn't Tyler's thing. Like as the VP of sales, as our go-to-market leaders, like you guys have a goal to generate pipeline and revenue within this specific set of accounts or this specific business unit. And my job as a marketer is help work with you guys to build a program that we so that we can do that. And this is how we're going to do it. It's an account based approach X Y Z. So I think it's continuing to like re, re, bring everything back to that point of like this is to help support your sales goals. This is help support the business goals, right? And this is why we're doing it more than just kind of pushing it as a marketing tactic or an objective, right? Like biggest yep. thing, and this is why I said at the beginning is like what I'm seeing is 
account-based marketing, ABM is really going to become just how you run a go-to-market motion. And I think if you're starting out, like that's the best thing to do is like continue to type back to the go-to-market objectives of your company, of your business segment, right? And that's really going to prove the value over time. And that's the easiest way you're going to keep building a good relationship with sales and keep proving value of what you're trying to do. Because as you start doing that, you're going to hit your goals. They're going to hit their goals. They're going to be happy. They're going to make money. And before you know, you're going to be best friends. So that would be my recommendation. Nice. So don't don't talk about clicks and, and views and impressions, right? It's 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 about money and revenue. Um, you say money, they'll they'll their ears will perk up. I'm sure Dustin knows. Exactly. Yes, they will. Exactly. Yes, they will. <laughs> well, I know uh we're about at time. Um Dustin, yep. any last questions from you? No, no more questions. This was this was a great conversation. Um I think you know, people who tune into this one who are at that early stage of trying to figure out you know, how do we, how do we take this step into addressing the enterprise space? How do we take that step and think about really narrowing down the accounts we want to focus on? I think there's a lot that they, they got out of the last 25 minutes. So, um, no, just Tyler, I really appreciate you hopping on, you know, congrats on being the first guest. You always get to, <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to hang your hat on that one. So we, we, I do, I do appreciate you stepping in and, uh, and chatting with us today. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate it so much. Uh, like I said, I've been a big fan of the podcast and so it's been an honor being one of your first guests. Well, well you're one you, of those first six listens we got. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> <Sir>. <laughs> we'll keep it going. To the moon, baby. Um, <laughs> well, Tyler, man, awesome. thank you so much for joining us, being open to hop it on. I always love your perspective on, on especially the go-to-market strategy side of marketing and sales. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Any, anything you want to leave us with, with the, with the dozen, dozen of you, uh, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> well, first make sure you keep listening to the podcast. Uh, all my guys, Justin and Dustin, that should actually be the name, Justin and Dustin. That'd be a good one. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like if, um, anybody ever wants to talk shop on ABM, you guys know where to find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, more than happy to talk or direct you in another direction of Justin or other ABM practitioners that can give you guys some good advice. Awesome, Tyler. Well, thank you guys so much for for joining us and I hope everybody has a good rest of the day. See y'all. Thanks everyone.